guys, welcome back to the Oh My Allergies podcast. It's your host Valencia and in today's episode we're going to be talking about what is anaphylaxis because I feel like a lot of people don't really know what that is and just being able to start a healthy discussion about you know anaphylaxis, what it is, talk about my experience with it and also just talking about the different grades of allergic reactions because I feel that a lot of people don't really know that you know there's an allergic reaction and then there's anaphylaxis and the differences between the two. So before we get into today's topic, you guys know I got to talk about what's been going on. So what's been going on? So I'm just coming back to school from spring break and honestly it was the break that I really didn't even know that I needed. It was mainly a pretty chill spring break for me. I spent the majority of it either relaxing and then also doing some work as well. Um, it wasn't really anything like too like fancy smancy, but I really appreciated the break that I got and being able to, you know, get some rest. And because there was like days at school, like I wasn't getting as much rest as I probably should have been. Um, I also was trying not to be on my phone as much and to really be able to pick up reading again because I really love reading reading and that was super exciting for me like back in like 2013 and 14 like I was literally obsessed with reading like I was always trying to find a new book to read or to listen to because I love the whole audiobooks thing I know I know that starts like a whole discussion about like oh like I like the physical book and hearing the pages flip and blah 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 but you know I know it's not for everyone but I personally enjoy it you know it's just it for me it's because like reading a physical book just doesn't sadly hold my attention really well. I know it's sad. So I personally rather read a book, like whether it's on my computer or if it's on my phone or like my Kindle or like I said, I'll listen to an audiobook. Um, I know, I know, like just, just, just don't come for me, okay? <laughs> but during the spring break, I told myself I wanted to read at least two books and I've read one and I've already started a second one, which is really exciting. The first one that I read was Love Boat Taipei, I think is what it's called. And it's by the author Abigail Hing Wen. Yeah, I think that's her name. And I really enjoyed that book. So the main character in this book, her name is Ever Wong, and she just really loves dancing. She loves it more than anything, and she really wants to pursue dancing as a career. And so she comes from a strict, um, like, Taiwanese family who immigrated to the United States. And so she is forced into, like, studying and going into a career of medicine, even though she faints at the sight of blood. Um, but out of nowhere, instead of being able to spend her last summer before she goes to college with her friends, she's shipped out by her parents to go to Taiwan for a program, which, fun fact, it's actually a real program, which I thought was really cool. And it's called Ching Tan. And the program, you know, it's... Typically, it's advertised as being a place where young Asian Americans can learn Mandarin and learn about their ancestral, like, Taiwanese, Asian culture. But really, a lot of the students that go there end up using it for matchmaking. So, hence why it's called Love Boat. So... The book was really just interesting and really relatable and even though like I don't really come from a family that deals with like you know forcing you to go on a specific career path but all but also you know um seeing like 
the this whole idea of people you know wanting to pursue their dreams even though it's you know might not be a dream that their parents might be seeing and then also you know learning about a different culture and being able to see kind of like what Taiwan is like through the eyes of Ever Wong and just being able to learn about some of that stuff. I also liked in the book that they incorporated a lot of the native language um, from a few different types of countries. So I really enjoyed reading that and also being able to talk, see some of the um, different issues that Asian Americans deal with. Um, just being able to being immersed in that diversity and learning about a different culture really interested me and was one of the reasons why I wanted to read this book and also the plot was like really good too and but all in all I really enjoyed this book I give this book probably like four out of five stars only because the book is a little bit messy and not messy from like a writing standpoint but messy from like a character's like there's like a big love square and it's it's just messy if you read the book you know you know but yeah. So the second book that I am reading, because I'm actually reading this book, but I'm also listening to the audiobook as well. It's called Dear Edward by Anna Napolitano. And it's about a 12 year old. Um, he was going on a plane with his brother and his parents. And I think like 180 plus other passengers. And they were going on a flight from Newark to Los Angeles because of his mother's job and while um, they were on the plane the plane crashed and there was like other different passengers on the plane so there was like a Wall Street type of person um, a young woman who was coming to terms like with an unexpected pregnancy like an injured um, veteran um, coming from Afghanistan um, like some type of business tycoon, like there's all these different types of personalities on this plane, but the plane crashed and the only survivor from the plane was the 12 year old boy. His name is Edward. And really the story is about, you know, what happened on the plane, being able to get to know the different, um, individuals highlighted from the plane. Um, you get to know like their life story, their personality, a little bit about their background, um, while also learning about how Edward in present day is trying to navigate life without his brother and his parents and having to move in with his aunt and uncle and trying to put the pieces together of his life and just trying to move forward with his life but also just trying to navigate this really hard time and so I thought so far I really like this book I'm not too far into the book because how its book is sectioned off it's like in section and parts instead of it being like chapter one chapter two chapter three like it's dated so I don't really know what chapter I'm on but I know I'm not done with the book obviously but I want to finish it um but I so far I highly recommend it it's really good I've heard like it's really emotional and so I'm like ah, I really don't like emotional books like I was that person like when I read The Fault in Our Stars, like I did not cry, but at the end of the book, I was like, dang, this is such a sad book. But I've heard really good things about the book, so I am really excited to finish this book and to see how everything pans out. And I heard that it goes from when he's 12 all the way till he's about 16 in the book. That's what I've heard from like reading like spoiler free review. We will see, and I definitely will keep you guys updated. 
So now that I have talked about what's been going on with me lately, I guess we can get into my foodie likes and dislikes. So my first foodie like, it's not an actual food item, it's actually a water bottle. So I recently got a new Hydro Flask. It's a 32 ounce water bottle in the color olive, just because my current one that I have, it's 32 ounces and it's in the kiwi color, I believe. It has dents on it and to the point where I know sometimes when I fill it up with like hot water, I'll feel some hot spots on some of the dents. So I know that I needed a new one. I know I can do the whole warranty replacement thing and I'm thinking I'm going to do that now that I have a new one just because I didn't want to be without a water bottle. But I really love Hydro Flask. Highly recommend them. They keep my drinks cold. I don't like lukewarm water unless I am on the verge of dying and I have to drink it. But by choice, I prefer cold water. So another foodie like is um, these bars from Bob's Red Mill. Now, if you are allergic to peanuts, I this like this wouldn't be a recommendation for you, obviously, because there is peanut butter in it. Um, and I am aware that you know this podcast is supposed to be you know very allergen friendly, but just gonna say not everybody is allergic to peanuts so I'm still gonna share it but this is just a disclaimer that the next two things that I'm gonna be talking about has peanuts in it which is really interesting because I'm known to not be a big fan of peanut butter never really have been well that's not true I've had it my moments where like I'll like peanut butter crackers and then I'll stop eating them and then I'll not eat them for like years but I really hadn't had peanut butter for like years until I tried these bars and I ended up giving them a chance just because I've been trying to find um something that I have in my backpack like if I'm in between classes and I can't have and I can't and I don't have the time to like go to the dining hall or if I'm running late for class and I don't have time to go to get breakfast Like, I've been trying to find something like that, especially because I've been going to cycling more often. So I've been trying to find, like, a snack because I'm a very picky eater and I can't have a lot of things because of my food allergies and dietary restrictions. So, yeah, this is really, this is really surprising me, but um, the bars are really good. I discovered these bars from Sprouts Farmer's Market and it's the peanut butter coconut and oats Bob's Bar and then they have a peanut butter chocolate and oats bob's bar so with the coconut one i really like it because it's just like a little sweet um but it's not like too like overpowering or it's like not like oh like oh my goodness i feel like my body is like in shock from like all the sugar you know what i mean so that's why i like it because i'm not really a big sugar person so i really like these i would been trying to find like a bar that i can either have when I'm not in the mood to go to the dining hall for breakfast or if I am trying to find um, something to be able to have like in between cycling classes or to have like in the morning for an early morning class if I don't have time to have breakfast or don't really want to have breakfast but I know I should be eating something so I've been trying to find something and this has been the thing that I'm just like okay this might be what I'm going to be doing for a while so and actually they have them on sale this week so I'm like really excited about that so I'm gonna go and get more of them 
And the other flavor, like I said, is the peanut butter chocolate in Oats Bob's Bar. That's really good if you want a little bit of some sweetness to it. Now that one has more sugar than the coconut one does, which I think is really interesting. Um, but I did want to say that the peanut butter, the first one has coconut in it, just in case you have, um, like anybody listening has an allergy to coconuts. I know that's really rare, but I know that people have the allergy. I'm just not one of those people. Now, another one of my favorites, as you guys know, I am a big fan of roasted chickpeas. And you guys know, I've talked about on here before how I really enjoy the Saffron Road uh, Korean barbecue roasted chickpeas. And I recently came across their Chipotle flavored one at Sprouts once again. And I really surprisingly like them. They have like a really like smoky flavor to them. And um, I really like them. They're not spicy. I was expecting for them to be a little bit spicy, but it's kind of like West, like a Tex-Mex smoky type of vibe. But I really like them. I really enjoy them. I wasn't expecting to. And so I'll probably flip-flop between getting Korean barbecue and the Chipotle flavored ones just because I really enjoyed them. So now that I've talked about my foodie likes, now we can get into my foodie dislikes. Now I know lately I haven't really been having any dislikes, which is a good thing. It says that, you know, I've been liking the food that I've been eating, but I just came across one that happened like most recently. So at Sprouts, I went and tried their branded um, kombucha and I got the ginger flavor. Um, so I bought it because I was really excited. You guys know I've really gotten back into drinking kombucha again because I had been drinking it like years ago, but then I had stopped because of the sugar content. But now I see more brands coming up with kombuchas that are lowered in sugar, like under 10 grams of sugar type of low. So I was really excited about this one from Sprouts because it was five grams of sugar. So I was like, good, that's great. And then I tasted it and I don't know, like... I just didn't really like the flavor of it. Now, it's probably due to it having agave syrup in it. And agave syrup, agave syrup scares the crap out of me. Just because it's one of those like sugars that a lot of people think is good for you. And in the past, it was seen as being like really good for you. Low glycemic index, etc. But it's like one of those things that like surprisingly spikes up your blood sugar. And I know I've had problems with it in the past affecting my body in like a way that was just not healthy for me personally. So I did not know that it had it in there. Um, and I just didn't really like the taste of it. Also, the ginger wasn't as bold as it is like in other brands when it comes to ginger kombucha. So I just really didn't really like that flavor. I can't really talk about the other flavors that they have, but probably I would not try any of them because they I think they all have agave syrup in it. And I just don't feel comfortable putting agave in my body. So I didn't even really finish the bottle, I ended up throwing it away. But besides that, I like all of Other Sprout stuff and I was really sad to come to this conclusion that I didn't really like it because I wanted to like it so bad, but like I just I just couldn't. So now that I'm done talking about my foodie likes and dislikes, we can get into the foodie news. So today's article that I'm going to be talking about is from Allergic Living. You guys know that's one of my favorite publications um, 
that's geared towards talking about food allergies, allergies in general, whether it's indoor, outdoor, dealing with asthma, that sort of thing. And they had an article talking about if you should lie down during an anaphylactic reaction, uh, just because I wanted to find an article that was about anaphylaxis, since that's going to be today's topic. And so there was a question that came into their magazine and they said um, that they've read that you're supposed to have a person lie down in an anaphylactic reaction. Why is that? And that's something that I did when I had my anaphylactic reaction for macadamia nuts. Um, But I didn't really know if there was a science behind it. I just something that I did and people around me were like recommending me to do it. Um, But there's this doctor um, that said that when a person is experiencing anaphylaxis, that it's recommended to have them lie down with their legs elevated, which is what I did. And that helps with ensuring adequate blood flow is going to your vital organs. It also helps with preventing a severe drop in blood pressure, which can sometimes occur in a severe reaction like anaphylactics. And during anaphylaxis, Um, The release of allergic mediators or chemicals like histamine, it can cause the blood vessels to become leaky and there could be like massive fluid shifts out of the blood vessels and that can cause like poor blood flow and decreased blood pressure and that's, that's not something you want. And the doctor also says, which isn't, the doctor is is an allergist. They say that if someone's having problems breathing, then lying down is probably not the best thing. And um, the person probably can't tolerate lying down. And if that's the case, then sitting up with the legs elevated would still be advised. And also if the person is dealing with the symptom of vomiting, then they should be placed on their side while lying down to prevent choking which is, you know, CPR 101, someone's choking, you don't lie them down on their back, they could die. So you put them on their side. Um, But yeah, it was really interesting um, about this article just to see like the science behind it where I knew about the elevating your legs, um, like the reasoning behind like elevating your legs and stuff. But I think it's interesting the reasoning behind laying down is just to make sure that your blood flow is, you know, regular and adequate. And that when I talk about in my discussion about anaphylaxis, it one of the things I'm going to be talking about is how a symptom could be um, a severe drop in blood pressure. So that's something that you have to think about when you're in or dealing with a reaction or you're around somebody who is dealing with an anaphylactic reaction. But I just think that this whole article is interesting just to be able to learn the science behind why you should be laying down and the certain situations of when you should not be laying down, what you should be doing to make sure that everybody in the situation is safe, specifically the person who's dealing with the reaction. So now that I am done, you know, discussing like the foodie news and everything, now we can get into today's topic. Um, Like I said earlier in the episode, I'm going to be talking about anaphylaxis, you know, what it is, some of the symptoms according to the AAAI, which stands for the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology. And then also um, talking about my personal experiences with anaphylaxis. So 
This episode is purely for educational and entertainment purposes, just like every episode of this podcast, just to specifically in this episode further the discussion around anaphylaxis. And I'm not a doctor or anything of that sort, so therefore you shouldn't use, you should not use my opinion to diagnose or treat any sort of medical happenings and situations. Like I said, I'm only talking from my experiences and research that I've done around anaphylaxis. And if you have any sort of medical questions, please, 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 please consult your medical care professionals. So now that we have that disclaimer out the way, let's just get into the discussion. So most people are familiar with allergic reactions and responses in general. And an allergic reaction, it's your body's response to a substance that is deemed dangerous or potentially deadly. So for an example, like spring allergies, you know, are caused by pollens or grasses, which is me. I have spring allergies. And um, spring allergies are considered to be, you know, a dangerous allergy response because you can get hives and, you know, your throat and all this other type of stuff. It's, it, it's not a fun time. But there's an even deadlier type of allergic response, and that's where anaphylaxis enters the freaking chat. So, according to the Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology, um, they say that anaphylaxis is a serious allergic reaction that typically comes on quickly and may cause death. And this medical emergency requires immediate treatment and then follow-up care by an allergist slash immunologist often often referred to as an allergist. So that is like by the books what anaphylaxis is. And from this article that I'm reading from the American Academy for Allergy, Asthma, in immunology it's really like um like a place for like research around like allergies asthma immunology type of things like with your immune system they say that a lot of people don't realize that they have an allergy until they experience anaphylaxis which is where i enter the freaking chat because that was me i did not realize that i was allergic to macadamia nuts until i ate them and then had an anaphylaxis reaction um so anaphylaxis it's triggered when the immune system overreacts to a usually harmless substance so it can be um, a peanut to like having like penicillin you know that those types of things and it can cause either mild to severe symptoms that can affect various parts of the body so usually they the symptoms appear within either like minutes to like a few hours after eating the food, swallowing a medication, or either being stung by some sort of insect. I know for me in my episode where I talked about my um, like how I discovered I was allergic to um, macadamia nuts, mine happened within minutes. Um, it didn't really take that long for my body to instantly start rejecting the nuts that I just put in my body. Um, But I know for like other things that I'm going to be talking about in other episodes in the podcast, like me being allergic to apricots, you know, that's something that it took a little bit longer because they were dried apricots that I tried, um, that it took a little bit longer for my body to actually be like, oh, I don't like this thing that's in it. Um, Or for like milk, um, that's something that it, it takes a little bit of time. Like it's not something like just, just like, instant you know what I mean um so it really just depends 
and it says like I said before anaphylaxis it requires immediate medical treatment so whether that's an injection of like you know an EpiPen or um, a trip to a hospital emergency room and if it isn't treated properly then anaphylaxis can be fatal and Sometimes like the symptoms can go away and then they return back a few hours later. So really it's important according to the allergy, asthma, and immunology that you take the steps as soon as you get some type of an anaphylactic reaction um, and to make sure that you are under medical observation for as long as the reaction and the symptoms continue. Um, I talked about my anaphylactic um, reaction in my episode for um, how I found out I was allergic to nuts, specifically macadamia nuts. Um, but some of the symptoms that I was dealing with during that whole ordeal was um, I had like breathing problems. So I was dealing with like chest pain. Um, I had it, I had problems with like swallowing. My throat was feeling really tight. Um, I started getting a rash on my lips. Um, with my stomach, I started getting like a stomach cramps. Um, I really was starting to get um, like my skin was itchy, but it was mainly like on my face. And I was starting to be very anxious and dealing with like anxiety because I had never felt like this before especially like from eating food so I was really really confused and really scared and it was just it was bad because like when I in my episode if you want to hear a little bit more in detail on like the whole entire story because I don't want to give everything away because I literally have an episode dedicated to this whole reaction that happened but yeah, it was just really not a fun time and it's something that it's really, really scary and you get, you know, especially if it's your first time, you get very anxious about it and you're really scared and that really doesn't help with your symptoms. Um, but yeah, definitely like this is according all from the allergy, the, the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma and Immunology. So the A-A-A-A-I, did I say four A's? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of like some of by the by the book stuff um, as far as like other symptoms that I personally have dealt with, but symptoms of anaphylaxis according to the American Academy that they say um, can come from anaphylaxis, it can include, like I was saying, breathing. So that can be wheezing, shortness of breath, throat tightness, cough, a hoarse voice, uh, chest pain and tightness, um, trouble swallowing, having an itchy mouth or itchy throat, dealing with like nasal stuffiness and congestion, which is stuff that I deal with um, with my milk allergies. Um, Circulation, you know, if you get a loss of consciousness or low blood pressure, you get lightheadedness, which is something I dealt with with my macadamia what my macadamia nuts episode, um, you getting pale, um, low pulse, dizziness, um, with your skin, you can get hives or swelling or itch or warmth or redness or get a rash, um, with your stomach, you can get nausea, you can deal with diarrhea, which is something I deal with with my milk allergies. Um, I know that's a little bit too much information, but you know, we're being real. Um, pain and cramps, um, some other symptoms, you can get anxiety, get a headache, 
cramping of the uterus, which is something that I, I dealt with. And I was just like, oh my goodness, I'm having an allergic reaction. What? And my period's about to start. It's like, no, that's, that's the allergic reaction doing its doings. Um, you can get itchy, red, watery eyes, um, a feeling of impending doom. Yeah, there's just, there's just a lot that comes with anaphylaxis as far as like the symptoms that one may feel. Now, I don't want to say like, you're going to feel all these different things because everybody's body is different. So you're going to feel like if you get into an anaphylaxis reaction, you're going to experience different things because foods are going to make you react a certain way, if that makes any sense. So according to the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology, they say that the common causes for just anaphylaxis, I know a lot of people, when they think of anaphylaxis, they think, oh, food, duh, food allergies. A lot of people get them from food allergies. And that is true because foods, they do cause the majority of anaphylaxis and that falls into like peanuts, tree nuts, you know, walnuts, cashews, Brazil nuts, shellfish, milk fish, eggs, and even preservatives, which is really something that shocked me, that people can actually be allergic to preservatives. So, but I guess that makes sense because I have enough citric acid, I have a citric acid allergy, which is an episode that's coming soon. Anyway, um, another um, cause of anaphylaxis can be from a stinging insect. So if you get stung um, from like a yellow jacket or a honeybee or hornets, fire ants, all of those types of things. You can get anaphylaxis if you are allergic to those things. Um, you can get anaphylaxis from medication. Like literally any medication can cause an allergic reaction to literally anybody. So there's some common medications that they say that can cause it. It's usually antibiotics or some sort of anti-seizure medicines. Um, and then another thing, which is something that I also am allergic to, which is latex. There's a lot of products that are made from natural latex that can contain allergies and that can cause reactions to people who are sensitive, which is me. So just making sure that you take those necessary precautions for that. Um, also, it's rare, but I didn't even know this. I'm finding this out from reading this article, is that you can get, anaphy like anaphylaxis can come from exercise. I know, it's weird. Exercise can cause anaphylaxis. That's so odd. Um, it doesn't occur after every exercise session. And in some cases, it can come from eating certain foods before exercise. But I think that's really interesting that exercise can cause anaphylaxis. That is so odd. Like, that is so odd. So, when it comes to tips on anaphylaxis, like I said, I'm not a doctor. But I'm reading from the American Academy from Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology just because I don't want to say anything incorrect, but also incorporating, you know, things from my personal experience into this discussion type of thing, you know, because I'm not, I don't want to say anything wrong and be incorrect. You know what I mean? So according to them, they say that if you or anyone that you're with begins to have an allergic reaction, obviously call for medical help to get them to the closest emergency room. And um, if you do have the, the epidurin, yeah, if you have the epidurin, I'm sorry, like I'm just really tired. I'm trying to make sure I'm, spell I'm pronouncing things correctly. I'm not spelling anything. Anyway, um, then to use the epidurin, 
but still to go to the um, emergency room and then um, to go there just to be sure that your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed. And also to see an allergist for follow-up care and also developing a treatment plan. Um, an allergist, um, which can be interchangeably an immunologist, um, they are a person who has at least two additional years of specialized training in the diagnosis and treatment of problems such as allergies, asthma, autoimmune diseases, and the evaluation and treatment of patients with recurrent infections um, such as immunodeficiency diseases. And, you know, the right care, it can really make a difference between suffering with an allergic disease and feeling better. So definitely going to an allergist um, will help with making sure that you are well-educated on how to maintain and, well, not maintain, on how to manage you know, your allergies and how to deal with them, what types of things you need to have in your toolkit to make sure that you are safe. Um, so make sure that you're taking those good precautions. And if you have and if you have had like an anaphylactic reaction, make sure that you inform like your family, you know, whether you are work like if you're at school, make sure people know about it. Like make sure people are well aware so that other people around you can take the precautions that are needed to make sure that you are safe and others are safe when they are around you. Like making sure that they are mindful of things that your body is sensitive, whether it's, you know, I know a lot of people are like sensitive as far as like touch. Like I know for me in grass, like I cannot touch grass like especially fresh cut grass because I will get hives. So there's some people that are like touch sensitive. Some people when it comes to like peanuts or other different types of allergens, like as soon as they smell it, like game over. Um, or even just from like, you know, the traditional way of like eating it, consuming it, that type of thing. Just making sure that you're putting yourself in the best position um, to not have a reaction because the goal is not to have a reaction. The goal is to make sure that you are setting yourself up for success so that you don't have to deal with the reaction because the reaction, it's just, it's just so emotionally draining and it, it's just really emotionally draining and no one likes going through that. I know the ones that I've had have been really scary and not everybody wants to go through that every single day. So just make sure that you're putting yourself, that you're setting yourself up for success. So I hope you guys enjoyed me talking about anaphylaxis, talking about, you know, the definition by the books, you know, talking about the difference between an allergic reaction and an, an anaphylactic reaction and the major differences between the two, talking about, you know, my personal experiences with anaphylaxis um, and my anaphylactic reactions um, and hopefully making everybody like making people realize that you're not alone and that people deal with these types of things every day and then just being able to encourage each other um to just keep moving and keep pushing forward and helping each other by giving out different tips and um ways to be able to help with managing these allergies and um different allergic diseases so I have a question for you guys. So out of all of the common causes that I talked about in today's episode, 
be sure to tweet me like on Twitter. My username is at callmevalbarnes or also send me a DM on, you know, Twitter or Instagram. My Instagram handle is also at callmevalbarnes um, with some of your surprises from this episode. Were you shocked that exercise can induce anaphylaxis? I know I was, or if you were shocked about, you know, any of some of the other things that I've talked about um, from this episode as far as um, research that was done by the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology. Be sure to send those things my way because I'm genuinely curious because I'm so tempted to say, leave them in the comments below, but I'm like, there's, unless you leave them on the show page, but if you're listening to this like on like Apple Podcasts or any of those types of platforms, I'm pretty sure you can't leave a comment. The only thing you can do is leave a rating for the show. So make sure you do that. Hopefully it's a five-star rating. (laughs) Also on Twitter and Instagram, be sure to tell me like if you guys like the topics that I tend to talk about on the show or if you guys want to drop me some suggestions. I'm totally open to suggestions. If you guys want me to talk about more um, topics like this on the pod, then make sure that you um, leave a comment on the show page. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed hearing me talk about today's topic and I will see you guys next week. Bye guys.